Happy Tuesday, everybody. This is episode two of season four of the Open Heart Collective. And as I was just telling my special guest, Molly, a few minutes ago, my Tuesdays the last couple of weeks have been rather hectic. So I don't know why I picked Tuesdays to then air these podcast episodes, which are all recorded live, when I've already spent hours on end staring at this computer screen doing other video sessions. So, well, you know what? They say the show must go on, and that that's will right. be kind of the uh, the motto for this uh, <laughs> this particular week. But for those of you guys who don't know why you're tuning in right now, this is again the second episode of the fourth season of the Open Art Collective. The Open Art Collective is a live, raw, real podcast show that was in which we talk about mental health because we're in a day and a time where mental health has been sensationalized, and we've become reactionary to rather than having proactive and responsible conversations around it. So what best way to do that than to actually have conversations with real life humans about real life things in a real life setting. So that being said, Molly, welcome to the Open Heart Collective. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I just want to say a shout out to you because I I think that this is such a needed topic and I love that you are having these conversations live in real time in a real conversation unedited because I think there's such a need for that to take the edit out to you know take all the glossy stuff out of it and just have like a real heart to heart conversation as if you'd be having it with your best friend with someone you know to me that is so incredibly needed right now. Exactly. That's the primary reason as to why the show exists. So for those of you guys who are wondering why Molly and I keep looking to two different cameras is because we're actually simultaneously <laughs> broadcasting this live, both on Instagram as well as on Facebook. So be a little bit understanding with us because sometimes the technology doesn't always work in our favor and it might become a little glitchy on one of the other platforms. But understand that the video will live on past Instagram for all of you guys who are only on Instagram and not on Facebook. This video feed will be available as well as audio. So if you guys are audio pod, uh, podcasting fans, it's available on every major audio podcasting platform as well. So you can listen along, but then you don't get to see our lovely faces and 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 catch it when I reference like holding up my phone or the, the, the Sharpie that I'm holding or anything along those lines. But um, now the objective of this conversation that we're having tonight, one, we're going to learn Molly's story. Right. We're going to we're going to we're going to maybe learn a little bit more than what Molly's maybe shared previously or maybe along the lines of what she's already shared, but giving it uh, giving her voice on a different platform. We're going to learn about what were some of the struggles and obstacles that she's had to overcome to get to where she is and what she did to overcome them or to move through them. And last but certainly not least, we're going to talk about what's exciting in her world right now, because oftentimes when we talk mental health nowadays, the conversation stops struggles. And how are we going to actually inspire, uplift, and deliver hope to people who are currently in the darkness if the conversation stops at the fucking darkness? Oh, yeah. By the way, you can curse on this show, so feel free to have no filter because, again, this is life unfiltered as it's completely raw, live, and unedited. So right. why would I put an ex why, why would I allow, not allow people to speak freely? So that being said, Molly, I'd love to hear your story. I'm I'm trying to think of, of where to begin because uh, you know I've had different kind of major milestones. Like <laughs> so um, you know I will begin with I was 
you know, raised in Princeton, New Jersey. Um, I, you know, normal, regular childhood up until I um, probably, gosh, seventh grade when I became sick with Lyme disease, uh, right when it was just coming out. It was not really oh, known back then. Not to give my age away, but it was a very long time ago. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, I, back then they really weren't sure how to treat it. Um, I did not get treated or cured right away. I had it for a solid three years. Wow. Um, and if anyone who's had Lyme disease knows, so, knows someone with Lyme disease, um, it pretty much pretty much wreaks havage, uh, uh, havoc. Was the word you're looking you. for? You know, on your entire body, not just physically, mentally, emotionally. Um, so you can imagine at the ripe old age of uh, seventh, eighth, and ninth grade, um, which I really struggled with it, struggled to get a cure for it. Um, during the most, you know, awful time to really stick out, because all you want to do during those years is, is fit in. <laughs> and, it, you know, my case was to the point where I had to go to school with an IV. Um, it was like, you know, serious. I had nurses at home taking care of me. I still was going to school every day. The whole point of me bringing this up is because it was the first time I had a sense of a lack of control um, of my life. My life kind of got turned upside down from my regular, normal, everyday, happy childhood to now uh, I'm, I have a life where I'm literally attached to an IV pole. I have nurses taking care of me. I go to school and I struggle through the day to, you know, to do my best. Um, you know, I'm missing out on a lot of seventh, eighth and ninth grade things. And, you know, kind of battling through that finally by ninth grade, thanks to the amazing doctors that I had, um, you know, both in Princeton and at CHOP, I, um, I was able to overcome it, not without lasting effects. Um, right. And that kind of started my road to, you know, kind of dealing with all of the after effects of, you know, A, being sick for that many years at that age, and then just, you know, the physical havoc of having Lyme disease and what that does to your body. Mm -hmm. Um, so that kind of started my struggle with, um, anxiety, chronic fatigue, um, you know, wanting to fit in and wanting to do all the things that your friends are doing, but not being able to, but it also being invisible, kind of what I was struggling with. So no one really, mm -hmm. you know, and back then people really didn't talk about it and I didn't really know what it was, right? Because it wasn't really discussed back then. Right. Nobody uh, talked about it. Huh. Much no, like mental health and, today. Yeah, right. Not much has changed. Okay, so I'll give the years. I'll give my age away. So I'm 41 now. So back in seventh grade. So this was what the years 1988, 90, 91, 92. Um, that I was really struggling with it. And um, so yeah, so that started kind of with anxiety, with not knowing what was going on, but feeling that kind of, um, you know, everybody deals with anxiety differently and reacts to it differently. For right. me, it was a fear of being, you know, in, in places with a lot of people, um, you know, I would get clammy, I would get the, you know, the white noise, those kind of things, I would feel sick to my stomach, I'd want to get out, you want to escape, those kind of feelings. Um, so that was kind of in high school and me trying to figure out what was, what was really going on with me at that time. Right. Um, so through high school, I managed to deal with it. Again, it wasn't too severe where I couldn't kind of work through it. Um, went off to college and, um, you know, had some great college years. Again, it was still kind of peek its head every now and then. Again, I didn't really know what it was, but it was, like it was there. Here. Yeah. Yes. 
<laughs> you know, in a very subtle, but not so subtle way sometimes. Um, and it really wasn't until, um, you know, after college, I moved to New York City. I had an amazing job down on Wall Street. Life was good. 9-11 um, happened. Um, that did a number on a lot of people. It definitely did a number on me being there, uh, you know, at the time, watching through the windows, the whole thing. Um, I didn't obviously realize at the time, because a lot of times when you have a traumatic event in your life, you don't really understand the effect for months, right. sometimes a year. Or years, yeah. Right? And so it really, that impact, you know, there were some things that were noticeably right away, but I feel like everyone was kind of in that, oh my gosh, phase. Um, it wasn't until a year later where I had severe, severe anxiety, panic attacks, couldn't leave the house, couldn't do a simple thing like go to the restaurant, go out to dinner, really impacted my life. I had, you know, gotten married at this time. Um, I was unable really to do, it definitely was a time that it, anxiety made such a heavy impact on my life that I was not able to do the everyday tasks of my life. And that was a first for me. Um, and I wanna say that was of the age of, of about 24, 25 years old. Um, right. was the first time that the panic attacks, the anxiety really kind of hit me. <coughs> um, so at that time, I, um, trying to remember, I was working for, I had a job during the day where I was a kindergarten teacher after 9-11, I decided to leave kind of that Wall Street world. I kind of had a self-check moment. As a lot of people it, did. <laughs> kind of had a self-check moment, like Molly, Life is short. What do you really want to do with your life? Uh, what makes you really happy? And uh, working with kids is a passion of mine. Um, always loved kids. And so I kind of did a sharp right. And I decided to teach. And I got a job teaching kindergarten in Manhattan. And um, so during this time when these kind of like heavy, heavy panic attacks started happening, I was working kind of as a kindergarten teacher during the day. And then at night, I was working for a record label where I was promoting the, mus uh, the musicians and going to their shows and, and that kind of thing. So neither one of those jobs were something that you could really call out from or escape or no. <laughs> take the time that's needed, um, you know, for the panic attack. Um, I ended up, um, I ended up actually leaving those jobs. Um, again, I was married. We were going to want to start having a family soon. We kind of moved out of the city. And that is kind of where I took about three to six months off because I really was struggling. Uh, that was not a great time in my life. Um, a lot of people don't know about that time in my life. Uh, I don't know if I've ever shared about that time. Um, I'm very good at masking things. So even if you were in my life at that time, you probably, you didn't, probably know. didn't know. Yeah. As most um, people as, suffering with that are good at that. Well, you know, it's so funny as I have, I've only had a few of these conversations with my friends of going back to that point of my life. But um, it's funny when you start sharing how many people start sharing. Oh, you too? You know, oh my oh, gosh. It's funny how that works. <laughs> it's almost like a relief. You know, it's like, oh, my gosh, I never would have imagined that you and I, and I say the same thing back at you. Um, right. Because, oh, my God, we're human. And we 100 percent and we experience tragic moments. Huh. Sure. We're not so alone and, and after no, all, are we? Not at all. And, you know, I think in my early 20s, I wasn't secure enough with myself yet. Um, 
to to be able to admit what was going on with me um you know at that time i think right and and again you know not that it's it's being well it is being talked about more today not enough but it certainly wasn't being talked about back then it was kind of like oh shh don't say anything you know hush (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. um don't don't bring it up um just tell that you know i was always told give them an excuse to cancel or pretend it's this or pretend it's that um and so you know that was in my my early 20s um i soon became pregnant with my first child and um for some odd reason you know people go either way with pregnancy for some odd reason i actually felt better um when uh you know i got pregnant and the anxiety systems kind of uh, symptoms kind of dissipated for a while awesome. then uh which is awesome i mean you never know how your how your body reacts um, so again, so again, married, had my two beautiful children, and I'm now living out in suburbia. Things are going fine. So basically, um, what I'm hearing here is the white picket fence, the the two and a half oh, kids, yeah. the dog, all that. Yeah. Yes, the whole thing. <laughs> Didn't have the dog yet. That came later, but yes. <laughs> um, you know, life was great. Um, during that time. You know, I'm definitely someone who likes to keep busy. Um, two children definitely keep you busy. But I also, you know, my entrepreneurial mindset is always kind of working. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was trying to think, what's next for me? And, you know, definitely inspired by my two girls, I started a children's clothing store in the town that I lived in. So back to my picket fence, my marriage, two beautiful kids. I have a cute little store in town. Everyone with think <laughs> life is great. Um, but you know, cut to a few years later, I'm going through a divorce, and I am now faced with another major challenge in my life. And if you want to think of something that's going to cause anxiety to come back, <coughs> it's the right. um, divorce. Oh my gosh, you're going to be a single mom of two children, and oh my gosh, you have to learn how to support yourself and you know do the whole thing. And so that definitely reignited again. You know these. Anxious feelings, which I think most people would have during this time. Um, Just (laughs) and um, so yeah, so that's what kind of started um, my my kind of new chapter in my life. My life is definitely divided into chapters. If I ever write a book, there's definitely definitive (laughs) um, chapters of growth. We'll call them um, of where I've had to re reinvent myself or tweak myself a little bit um, to survive, to to move forward and not get stuck. I, mm-hmm. I watched a lot of my friends kind of get stuck in similar situations, um, you know, whether it be divorce or, you know, loss of a job or something, and they kind of get stuck in that, you know, what they deem as failure. I call them lessons. <laughs> um, Definitely lessons. And, Knowledge yeah. fun. Exactly. Right. Um, you take you take those lessons and you learn what you're supposed to learn from them. And it just brings you springs you forward, you hope. Right. Um, so going through that process and knowing that I had to kind of make a big change and, you know, make a lot more money and be a lot more successful in what I was doing. I took what I knew how to do, which was my store, which was doing well in, in a small town, Princeton, New Jersey. And I had to make it bigger. So what I decided to do in my um, great idea at the time was move it to a city. 
I'm going to go big, right? That's kind of my thing. I go big. So again, most people would think, okay, I'm living in Princeton, New Jersey. Where's the greatest city nearby is New York City. No, that would be too easy. I decided to go to Chicago. Um, I have Midwest, Midwest roots. Yes. Hello. (laughs) I have Midwest roots. I have family in Wisconsin and Chicago. So I grew up going to Chicago and I loved it out there and I loved the people out there and the designers that I was already carrying in my store already had their flagship, um, locations in New York city, but they didn't have them in Chicago. So I thought that's where I need to go Uh, and bring my store. Um, so my visitation, um, kind of schedule with their dad at the time was that he had them one week a month and one long weekend a month. And that's when I would go out to Chicago and be in my store. So I was kind of back and forth between the two stores and getting it going. Um, I think in all now looking back that having that store and having that focus and having something to look forward to, to keep my mind working, to keep um, (coughs) me growing was the best thing for me at that time. People thought I was crazy and I was, you know, going to be exhausting myself. But honestly, I think I had spent six months after my ex-husband and I decided to get divorced. I'd spent those six months in a panic and a full-time 24 hour, you know, 24 seven kind of panic mode. And this literally brought me out of it. And I think it's important when people are, are kind of going through that time in their lives to, to find something to focus on it doesn't matter what it is. It's something that you are excited about mm. that, that can, that you can be excited about that you can work on that you feel that you're growing from. Um, honestly, when I look back at that store saved me <laughs> during that time um, and will always have a, a huge um, place in my heart and my kid's heart, because I would bring them out, you know, with me as well. And they were super <laughs> excited to watch me, right. you know, not, not crumble during this time, it, you know, cause uh, you know, at the time they were four and six years old and they're looking up at me kind of like, now what mom? <laughs> you know? right. and I'm like, don't you worry. You know, I got this. Um, you know, so having two, two girls watch their mom kind of build something and, and be proud of it during what would normally be a really difficult time. Um, you know, if I'm ever going to give myself a pat of, on the back for anything I've done that time of my life, I, I um, am really proud of. Rightfully so. Um, so cut to, I'm now back and forth between Chicago and New Jersey, um, you know, with my two stores and rebuilding my life and kind of getting it back on track. Um, so, you know, divorce is final. I have this now new normal going but that doesn't last very long in my life. <laughs> so um, after about a few years of this, um, their father um, and I, I'll say we both, because that's the thing I'm supposed to say, um, <laughs> decided to move. To- <laughs> Keep going. Um, but you can read between the lines there. No. Um, we both decided to move to Florida. Um, and so... It was a very rash decision, a very quick decision that I had to make at that time. And so in four weeks time, I basically had to close my stores, sell my home, find a new home down in Florida, out in um, Boca Raton, Florida, which I didn't know anybody in, enroll my kids in school, you know, buy a new home down there. Again, very stressful, upheaval time. 
uh -huh. a lot of anxiety coming back. Um, so went through that process, again, closed, closed everything. And it was another kind of reinvention time for me, if you will. Is, <laughs> um, I'm hearing a lot of reinvention periods in a very short timetable. Yes. Well, you know, it's funny. Life doesn't really go the way you plan it to all the time. Oh my God. And, oh, wait, well, hold, hold, hold on. You mean life know, doesn't flash. go as planned? Yes. This is breaking I mean, news. Headline. I mean, <laughs> right there, folks. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, again, it's a time where a lot of people would fall apart. Um, I pride myself on not falling apart uh, when people would expect me to. And so new challenge which is what I tell my kids all the time. Guys, we have a new adventure, a new challenge ahead of us. How are we gonna make this work? And so again, we moved to Florida, everything got done, we moved, kids got settled in their new school, and I kind of gave myself a six month grace period, um, which I realized not everyone's always lucky enough to have um, you know, months to just kind of reassess their lives i think i right. wish everyone did have that time because i think it's important to oh, take lovely time to time to yourself to reassess uh, my goal during that time was to make sure my kids were adjusted and okay and to kind of look around and see what was needed um down in, in Boca Raton. <laughs> where could i make money what could be my new job um should i redo the store down there because I knew how to do that at the time I can open stores and and get them going is that really what I wanted to do during this time I was helping my friends because social media and PR uh, for my store was a really exciting thing for me something that I loved and enjoyed and I would have a lot of friends asking me to help them do the same Instagram was becoming really big at the mm -hmm. time I think it had just really so taken this is off what, like 2012 2013 a hundred. Yep. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> so it was really like kind of the start and, um, and I just loved it. I loved the platform. I saw how it could work for my business, uh, posting the new items that came into my store and everyone reacting and it would bring people into the store. Um, I would put myself on Instagram and my photo. And I feel like that really helped people identify, um, kind of, start a relationship with the person, not just seeing the store and the items in the store, but the person behind it. It creates a kind of loyalty. And I saw the value and not only showcasing your brand, your business, but also the person behind it. Um, was kind of my first little taste of how important that is to showcase. Um, right. So I started helping friends um, as a favor, getting their social media started, convincing them to get in front of the camera, to get in the photos. Um, which a lot of people are really hesitant to do, especially during even, that time where it was even in 2019. Oh yeah, be real. That's still uncomfortable now. It still is, even for me, which people would be surprised <laughs> to hear. It I'm still so is. numb to it all now. I mean, 500 plus pieces of video content, and it's just like, oh, <laughs> camera, hi, <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so starting, you know, I kept doing that for my friends when I moved down to Florida and through word of mouth and people, you know, saw that I was doing this and had success doing this and was really building some local brands and businesses and people in the area. I then realized this is probably what I should be doing and getting paid for it. Um, so that's how uh, that's how Hill and Brand Media started, nice. uh, you know, which is what I what, uh, currently am doing. And so Hill and Brand Media started out as 
a place to go to grow your social media. Um, I would kind of get to know you, what your business was about, do some photos, um, do your posts, build your brand, build your following, um, all of the above. Um, and it's, you know, I really loved it. I really enjoy it. I'm a people person. So I really loved getting out there and no meeting people. Way. And hearing, <laughs> I know you find that crazy, right? Um, and um, so that was just super, super fun. Um, so I did that for a while, was gaining success and traction there. And then um, the ION brand, which is ION South Florida, which is mm -hmm. what started at, which is a TV video event segment producing, uh, you know, we host events down here, we do interviews featuring kind of the best of South Florida. Mm -hmm. They brought me on to kind of be a host for them. And then through conversations with them, you know, we they wanted to grow, who doesn't? And so we decided to if we're going to grow, we need to go all over the country. It just can't, it can't just be eye on South Florida. It has to be eye on Chicago, eye on New right. York, eye on California. So um, I kind of went off to those cities to launch those platforms for them. And that's what kind of started my TV host in front of the camera, which ah. for anyone who knew me growing up are shocked watching this oh, yeah, now me because <laughs> what I tell you, I was the quietest girl in the class. I was afraid to raise my hand for 80% of my school life. <laughs> I was the girl who would try to find the, the seat furthest in the back and then would look down when they were trying to call on people so you would not call on me. Um, so to now have a life that's largely in front of a camera is <laughs> shocking to most. Um, and the fact that I can speak is probably shocking to a lot of people too. Probably a larger portion of the people that are reacting to the fact that you actually have a voice. Wow. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, but again, this is where, you know, I, I say to a lot of people how important it is to challenge yourself to step out of your box. Um, we all kind of stick with what we're good at or what we think we're good at. And we think that's it. I'm a one trick pony. This is what I do. Um, and what I have discovered in the past really two years of me kind of stepping out of my comfort zone is how important it is to step out of the comfort zone and how much that has done for my personal growth, for my emotional growth, for my mental growth. Um, there is nothing better for your mental health, I feel, than going after your fears and and conquering them and and really challenging yourself with what what am I afraid to do? What what do you think? Uh, you, what's the worst that could happen if I step in front of that camera? What's the worst that could happen if I go live on a podcast tonight? <laughs> you know, um, and so that has been really an amazing. This whole past years has really been an amazing growth time for me to be able to do that to expand you know, Ion South Florida and Ion channels to now, you know, we're all over the country. Um, right. And I'm interviewing, you know, and meeting people all over. So Hill and Brand Media has now morphed into, along with the Ion channels, now I produce segments with people, with entrepreneurs um, who are promoting their brands, their businesses, their passions. Um, and I'm, you know, so thrilled to be doing it because there's nothing better than surrounding yourself with people who love what they're doing and who are passionate about what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And it really, you know, and I feel very, very lucky when I say that I wake up in the morning happy to do what I am being paid to do because most people aren't. Um, 
and to have overcome my fears. <coughs> and still, I've got a long way to go. I'm a work in progress, uh, but aren't we all? Um, I mean, come on now. Okay, we are, <laughs> first and foremost, we're all works in progress. Like, that's just a fact. Anybody that says otherwise is lying. Mm -hmm. If you've got it all figured out, you don't have it all figured out because there's something else somewhere else, something deep inside you that you haven't fully un uncovered yet. So no, anybody who says they've got it all figured out is absolutely lying straight to your face. Well, I would be so sad if I had it all figured out at 41 years old, because how fun is the journey of it all? And right. But, but then if you have it all figured out at 41, what's, what else, what's left to figure out? A hundred percent. I love, you know, listen, success is great and all the flashy things are wonderful, but honestly, I love, love, love the journey. I love the, the, <coughs> I don't love the failures. Don't get me wrong, but, I do. Like going. <laughs> but I, I do, when I say I love the failures, it's not, it's in a way where I love what I learn from it. I love how it expands my mind and takes right. me to another level for the next challenge that I have. And so in the process of failing, which again, I hate that word, um, in that process, I have grown tremendously through all of my failures, which there have been many. <laughs> um, they have all prepared me for my next journey of what is coming because there's always opportunities coming when you remain open to it. And that is the other huge right. takeaway that I have learned, you know, in the past few years is to be open to it and not closed off. It, I, it's what I like to say. It's a Grant Cardone methodology. Say yes and figure out the rest later. Yeah. It, it, and when, when we talk mental health, like, thank you very much, by the way, for sharing and kind of going really deep and really fast through your story. Um, and I, and I hope people not only take the opportunity to really hear what you've said, but also kind of go back and listen through it after, because there was a lot that you said you went through from a lot of constant and rapid change, which for most people is a hard thing to have to deal with because most people can only really focus on one thing at any given time, let alone trying to then that, that one thing is now this thing and that thing, I don't know anything about that thing, but yet I have to do that thing because now that's, that's, that's what life is. So from, from nine 11 and having to overcome that and transitioning, then, then an ending of a relationship, which then spread into two store locations, which then, uh, uh, a transitioning of that relationship, then moving. And then like, that's a lot of very fast movement and probably what a 15 year span. Mm -hmm. And I went through it a lot faster. Obviously I could go deeper into a lot of it, but I tried to, in the sake of this one hour time slot. <laughs> right. Right. So, but the fact that it is like, that was a lot of growth, a lot of transition and a lot of movement in a very sure. short period of time. Perspectively, when you look at the totality of life, like, Oh wow! So that was that was that decade and a half. Okay. So, more specifically, though, with when you moved through those moments of darkness or those struggles, what specifically did you use yourself to kind of overcome or move past them? You know, um, having this now, you know, having anxiety, um, you know, for decades now, I, I definitely have learned coping mechanisms. And I, I do know that for a lot of people, what works for me 
it's going to be different than what works for you. There's not a one trick. Which deal. is completely okay, which is why we have these conversations every week. And yeah. we've talked to 50 plus people and we get to learn because now if you listen back or you continue to listen to the other guests that we have on the show, you're going to learn new things and new ways that have helped other people that may help you. And that's what I love. I did um, watch a few of your other ones, Brian, oh. and I, it is, <laughs> no, they're great. And I, I love them because they're so authentic and they're, they're real. And it's, you're learning what worked for that person. You can take away from each one of your episodes. Even if you take away one thing, it's worth it, right? It's, it's, if that one thing is, is what makes your day go easier with whatever you're battling against that day, then it's all worth it. And, and so again, I'm going to go back and just say thank you so much for having these conversations and thanks for being so real with it. Um, but for me, what I have learned is um, routine and consistency is really important for me. Um, and I think a lot of people with anxiety um, feel that same way is mm -hmm. that is that having consistency to your routine that, you know, you know, this is what time you get up in the morning and this happens, this happens. It, it keeps a sense of calm. Unfortunately, in my life in the past year, consistency is, doesn't exist. Uh, so within the past year, um, it's definitely been more of a challenge because each day is so different. There is no such thing as routine in my life right now. So as great as that Welcome was, to being an entrepreneur. There, yes. The only consistency is the fact that it's so rapidly inconsistent. A hundred percent. I have somehow by the grace of, I don't even know why, I have learned to enjoy the ride. How am I able to enjoy the ride? Being someone with anxiety is the question. I have tricks that I use for myself when I feel, or I feel like I'm in a situation that could cause a panicked reaction or an anxious reaction, which I know now having dealt with this for 20 odd years, um, that there are certain things that will trigger me, whether it's lack of sleep, whether it's a lot of travel, whether it's, you know, a lot not of sleep, having, lack of travel, improper diet, all those things, all of those things. Um, if I'm someone and people, again, will find this, I'm an introvert. So I have put myself on purpose in extroverted situations. So being an introvert who's, who's forced to a lot of the day be in extroverted situations um, has been a, a huge challenge for me, for sure. And so what I have learned is, and my close friends will know that I do this, I excuse myself often. And I do it because I need to take 15 minutes to recharge, 20 minutes to recharge, and then I'll come right. back. Um, but I know I need that time. Otherwise, I get very overwhelmed. And so after, if I'm at an event, if I'm taping, if I'm on location, um, I will go away for about 15, 20 minutes and just have a moment, relax, you know, do whatever, you know, whether it's, I have music I listen to, I have, you know, different things that just relax me, you know, sometimes it's just scrolling social media, you know, something mindless. Um, and it just makes, calms the mind for a little bit. Right. And I'm able to kind of like go back in. But again, it's gotten, it took me getting to the point where I could recognize the situations and things that would trigger me to know to stop it before it happens, um, right. which again, is not always possible, but no. um, that's been a, a big, a big thing for me. I mean, that 
it's brilliant. It, and that, I have a feeling that's one of the things, especially when we're talking about anxiety, because anxiety is the base of a lot of mental health conditions, right? Anxiety leads to depression. Anxiety leads to alcoholism. Anxiety leads to this. Anxiety leads to depression, leads to suicide, leads to... So a lot of it kind of comes down to the baseline that is anxiety, which leads me to one of the things that I've been talking a lot on the show over the last nine months or so. And and how do we provide access to resources to people when they need them most? Okay, so you're struggling with diabetes. I was going to say diabetes. I don't know why that was not. See, live, tell, live, live you say the <laughs> wrong thing. Uh, struggling with depression or struggling with alcoholism. And let's say you live in a market like Chicago. Now, have you ever tried to type in depression while in Chicago? I, I, if anybody has, I I you get about 8 million search results. And when you're struggling and when you're in that moment of like, absolute utter despair, 8 million options, that's too many options. So what are you going to, you're, you're oftentimes not going to act because too many choices leads to indecision because that's anxiety, like 8 million, 8 million is too many. So we're working on something that's going to change all that. Exciting. And it's, it's only gaining more and more traction and more and more momentum, the more that I'm talking about it. So I, I am excited for the future of what we can do with this and the future of this community because, I mean, we're two episodes into our fourth season of the show, and it's been since March of 2018. So we've accomplished this much in 16 months. 18 yeah, months, it's I amazing. Think. I can't do math, apparently. Yeah. My, my <laughs> math, side, of, my math side of my brain has already broke today <laughs> because it's been – mind mapping and spreadsheeting all day but um point being there we have the ability to make the change but the change is on us because there's no amount of legislation there's no amount of amount of literally anything that will fix it other than us and are we frozen are we frozen what the hell i have full signal strength on my end Comment if you guys can hear me. Comment, please. Because, oh, Molly left. Why did Molly leave? Molly is frozen. We will wait for her to get back. So I don't know why we're frozen here. Hold on one second. Oh, so apparently Molly has left both feeds. So we will uh, we will get down to the bottom of this and uh, welcome Molly back. That is strange because it kind of cut out middle of everything. And this is not meant to be the Ryan show. So I don't really want to, uh, I can hear you, but she's frozen. Well, she is gone now. So I don't know what happened. So let me see what is going on. All right, so that being said, <clears throat> while she is figuring out whatever technological glitches that Molly is enduring, because it appears that her entire system froze because she's gone on Facebook and she's gone on Instagram, which tells me that something catastrophically on the technolo technological side has befallen her. So I hope that we can get her back. So let me 
Let's see. Adam, what's going on, buddy? Oh, ah, requests. All right, Molly's coming back. So your video, your video feed on the Facebook channels. Uh, oh no! If so the computer is done. Here, do you need me to like reshare the link with you? Huh? That's so weird. What? We're gonna we're gonna get to the bottom of this, people. Because you need to. Yep. So, the the random joys of technolo technology, right? So this is a live podcast, and you have to roll with the punches because, as they say, the show must go on. And um, so while Molly is figuring out technology, I want to uh, talk with you guys about a few different things. So one, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, this episode, along with every other episode of the Open Heart Collective, is available in audio form as well as in video form, both on Facebook as well as YouTube. And then as far as the audio platforms go, literally anywhere where podcasts can be heard, the show can be heard. Now, if you listen specifically through the Anchor platform, Anchor has been a friend of the show for a long time. We really love what those guys are doing and what they've created for podcast and podcast technology. So <clears throat> we're actually um, raising and are accepting donations through that show. Now, the cool thing about what we're doing with these particular, if donations come in, matters that nah, appreciated that appreciate that so what we're doing is um for every and every or for any and every donation that comes in the door through um through anchor if you let us know that you guys donated what we'll do is we'll actually or if you guys supported the show let us know and we will spin and take that money that you that you donated and actually donate it to a mental health organization in your community so that the, the funds can go to support where you need it most which is in your own communities now if you just say hey we want this to go to whatever resource needs the most we'll also do that as well so but that being said we want everybody to make sure that they check out this show I, I mean, Adam, I'd love to have you on right now, but I'm kind of in the middle of a different episode. But we'll we'll send up a live for you at another time. Um, I'm trying to figure out why my special guest left. Uh, technology. We may actually have to do a part two of Molly's episode, uh, depending on how this goes. Because I also know that we're running up against the time limit on the Facebook feed. So, <clears throat> oh, let's see. That was this was an unexpected uh, tech glitch. So I'm 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 trying to adapt and overcome. But uh, let's see. Let's see. How do I donate? Uh, actually, so if you go to um, the audio streaming pod for the podcast uh, through my link here on Instagram and my Instagram profile, you'll be able to see. 
the audio, uh, the Open Heart Collective audio version. And if you go through that, you can just uh, go ahead and support through that way. Um, so while Molly is figuring out all of the technological glitches that are on her end right now, we will just continue this conversation. Uh, appreciate you guys for joining. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's see. So uh, actually there, there is one thing that I do want to talk to you guys about. So uh, recently I got, uh, I was made aware of this organization called spot a guest. Uh, by the way, this is not a paid promotion. I, I kind of wanted to just say um, for podcasting, these guys have done nothing but bring me amazing uh, opportunities. So I'm actually, and I mentioned this last week, we're two weeks into the production schedule for the Open Heart Collective. And we've already pretty much received enough guest interest between my existing network of people I've wanted to bring on the show and then this literal stack of paper right here that we're going to have pretty much this season and the majority of season five already mapped out before the end of the year, which to me is absolutely exciting and, and completely humbling because the more people that are seeing this show want to be involved in it, want to be a part of the community, want to be a part of helping you guys through the moments that you need the help. So there will be many more episodes in the coming weeks and months and years because <clears throat> and while i'm partially losing my voice oh we've got molly molly is back molly is back three two one molly is back all right so molly's back on facebook so all right now let me get back on instagram i apologize i do not know i was so totally just <laughs> trying to figure out how i was going to fit all that together because it was unexpected, like, glitch. All right, let me figure out this one. So, we're back. All right, request to be no one. Listen, right. this is what makes it exciting. Right, live, live programming, everybody. Who doesn't love it? <laughs> I mean. This just goes with my Tuesday. <laughs> And it, and it was and it was entertaining too because a colleague of mine or a colleague and friend of mine, Adam, had sent a request to join once you. Once you. Okay. And I'm like, I would love to do that, but it's going to completely throw off the flow. For right now, but we'll we'll, we'll get oh we'll get God. Adam we'll get Adam in on another show or another All live. Right, I'm gonna try video. to get this. All right. All right. So we're back. That's that, that live TV hot. folks <laughs> right I mean it, it happens we, we we I yeah I was totally like falling all over myself because I did you just do like a I, 10 minute dissertation <laughs> no because I was like I, I try to not make this about me at all so I was actually sharing that um a couple of things about like we have literally the entire like season four and season five like guest list already done oh already done so but yeah um and i guess I should all right well now we're so, we're back <laughs> we're back so we had left off uh, there was a lot of transition moments in your life and that so what were some of those talking specific, about how nothing ever works <laughs> the way it's supposed right to? right right so what did you do to move through the so we talked about what you did to move through those moments sure now 
the next kind of transition point is, okay, so all of this has happened. All of this has led up to the last year and a half, the last two years, which for you have said have been absolutely like pivotal, powerful times. What did you do to actually, so what is happening now? So the culmination of all of this, you moved through, you, you had a lot of rapid life transition. You had a lot of anxiety and stress and, and emotional strife to contest with. What's happening right now that's exciting? Because again, we can't, the, the story about mental health can't just end at the struggle. No, of course. I think, you know, it's always good to end on a, on a positive. Um, right. So no, so yeah, I mean, all those challenges and all those hard times and everything that, you know, I've gone through has all led me here. And where here is, is a really good place for me and where I feel really, really happy. <coughs> um, not because everything's perfect, not because there aren't those struggles, but I'm doing what I love. I challenge myself and I'm no longer afraid to challenge myself, no longer afraid to, to do something that I really am afraid to do. Um, and that kind of switch of a mindset, which again, only happened within the past few years, um, has just launched me into opportunities that I never would have had because I wouldn't have been open to them. I wouldn't have said yes to them. I wouldn't, uh, when I think of all the things that I said no to along the way, because I was too afraid or I didn't trust myself or trust my abilities enough. Um, to think that I could do it or, you know, I thought the sky would fall if, you know, God forbid I tried. Um, <laughs> and, and now knowing like, it's okay. It's okay if you make a fool of your, you know what I mean? It's okay if it didn't work out perfect. Not being a perfect is a, is a big lesson, um, a hard lesson to learn. I think we're uh -huh. so hard on ourselves. Um, we are our own worst critic. A hundred percent. I am harder on myself than anybody. Um, and so the opportunities that have come my way, because I've said yes and stepped way out of my element and out of my box, um, have been amazing. So I am now the host of Ion Chicago, Ion New York, Ion South Florida. Uh, we just you know, launched our website, Ion Channel, this weekend, um, where they're all kind of, all of my segments and interviews are all combined. Um, and I have a lot of really amazing interviews ahead, a lot of amazing people that I meet regularly, um, including yourself, um, who, you know, it's just amazing what I learn from every single person I meet. And it's so important. Um, I take something away from every person that I meet. And, you know, the most exciting thing, um, if I can talk about the social movement, um, I, I, which, can you can you talk about it because I don't even know what can and cannot be talked about anymore. I well, I can talk about what I can talk about. Um, so I was a participant on season one of um, the Amazon Prime docu series, The Social Movement, which will be airing in twenty twenty. <laughs> and just honestly, I was honored to even be chosen. Thousands of entrepreneurs, CEOs, investors out of the box thinkers from all over the world, um, you know, applied to be on this. And um, I was one of 40 chosen for season one. We all came together for a week in Montreal. They divided us into four teams. Each one of the four teams had to solve a global issue, not help it, not improve it. We had to solve it. 
um, at the end of those <coughs> four days, um, you kind of pitch your your business idea, your to solve um, this global issue in front of a panel of judges. And you know, the TV show. So of course, there's a winner. But um, you know, really, we all won because each one of the teams solved this global issue and created an amazing. I can't wait for, for people to watch it, to um, be inspired by it. Right. I was blown away being a participant in it of just, A, the 40 other people that I met while I was there are mind blowing. Having people from all different cultures, um, you know, all coming together for to better the world and to use their mindset and their genius, whatever that may be, because everybody has a genius. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, you know, some people are were willing to share it or to acknowledge it, um, but we all have it. And so right. when you get into a group, uh, a room of people, and you're all willing to share it and your special talents, it's amazing what can be done. And so for a season, there's going to be another season, season two, filming soon, and I'm coming back on that. And I'm heading the mothers and daughters team along with my co-chair Sarah Blaine, who is also on. Uh, uh, season one, and we are going to have um, four days to end cyberbullying. And I'm really excited because I'm not only coming back, but so is my daughter. And so to be awesome. able to bring my daughter and to solve a global <coughs> issue with her by my side um, is really going to be probably the most amazing week of our life. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I, I can't say anything right now, though. No. <laughs> Um, so, um, all that being said, um, it's going to be coming out on Amazon prime on iTunes, many different platforms. Um, amazing people are going to be coming on and super excited about that. And we can share, um, who those people are down the road. Yep. And, um, yeah, I think people are going to be blown away by it. It really is the uh, creator, Chris LeBlanc, who um, is just actually tuned in earlier. Oh, did he? Yeah, <laughs> for like a minute on Instagram. Was it when I like had tuned out or? <laughs> Yesterday actually off? was. Oh yeah, it was. It was. Um, but he is just a visionary genius, um, who just <coughs> is so passionate about changing the world for the better and getting rid of kind of the negative television that, that you see on TV all the time and, and really doing something impactful, um, showcasing people who are, who are trying to do good, who, who are willing to share their story, their struggles, their wins, their successes, all of it, right? Because we all have the whole gamut. Um, and I think that's really what people need right now are these real conversations or is this kind of realness and, and to focus on the positive and how can we make our lives better, your life better. Um, and, and, you know, there's a lot of issues going on in the world and how can we work to make those better? Right. I mean, if that's not exciting to you guys, I don't know what is. Like, all of that's exciting to me. And um, I'm blessed to know you. I'm blessed to have you as part of my world. And uh, thank you very much for coming on and being a guest in this, uh, in this season of the Open Heart Collective. I'm still absolutely floored that there is now a fourth season of this when I didn't think it was going to go beyond a month. When I well, first congratulations because you're making such a difference and I'm all about that. And I'm all about having honest and real conversations because you are helping so many people. 
So with that, with that to be said, uh, as we're getting ready to wrap up here, um, what, because I know Instagram is going to kick me off here in about four and a half minutes. So I want to make sure because Instagram, for those of you guys who don't know, has an hour time limit for their live broadcast. So just an FYI, in case you didn't already know that. Um, and I want to make sure that I'm respectful of everybody's time, including everybody who's tuned in. Um, so what would be, if any, words of wisdom or insight that you would have for kind of a little quick one-liner for those who are listening or watching? Um, I guess it would be just to challenge yourself, step out of your box, do one thing that you're afraid of, because I think you're really going to be impressed with yourself at what seems to be the most scary to you may actually be the best thing that ever happened to you. Right. Wow. Love it. So I'm going to end it on my typical little mantra that I end every episode on because, you know, it has to be. So number one, if you guys haven't heard this before, like you guys will hear it more and you guys will become this and it'll just be this mindset piece that you put out there every single day. But this is something that I, 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 I push myself for every day, which is number one, to find happiness. Find happiness in every single day. Number two is to have fun because God damn it, people, like life is way too short to not be having fun. Like if you're, if you're not liking, you're not enjoying any aspect of your life, just stop it because that's not what you're supposed to be doing. And last but certainly not least, work because anything and everything in life that's worth it takes work but remember there's no amount of work on this planet that will bring you happiness or fun so it's imperative that you find those two first and along the way make sure that you take time to breathe even if you just say the word breathe once a day does this really cool thing where it actually forces you to do the action that you're saying so we will be back next week with a with an open heart collective first we'll actually be interviewing a couple for the first time i'm really excited to be welcoming ryan and lydia keeney uh next week to the show uh they are clients of mine in, in my coaching business and i am excited to see what they've been doing and i want them to be able to share a little bit about their story and what they've got going on in their world with all of you live from Paraguay next week. So that'll, that'll be uh, our, one of our first international ones of the season. And um, yes, just please keep supporting the show. Please keep supporting each of our uh, wonderful people in this community because again, any amount of change that we wanna create in, in, in the mental health space, if we wanna actually break the stigma around mental health, it's gonna take us and no, no amount of legislation anywhere else is gonna change it. So. Let's do this thing together. Stay tuned next week. And in the meantime, talk soon.